This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Equity Minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Good to be here, but I can't say that I'm excited. Oh, what's that? If there was one episode... you've just thrown everyone. If there was one episode a year I could take off, it would be this one. Take off. Every year... (laughs) We start the year with such hope. Little do I know that I'm setting myself up for the giant fall. <laughs> what are you Ruined talking Christmas about? once again. <laughs> and we're talking stock of the year. Stock of the year. We are in the final stages of 2022. We are wrapping up the year and looking back on what has happened in 2022. And, of course, that must start with a review of our stock of the year that we did uh, right back in February, whenever it was at the start of this start, year. Start of the year, when we came back from the summer series. This Thursday, we've got an interview with uh, Oliver uh, Haxtell from Fidelity on demographics. But then next week, we really close it out. Bold Predictions review on Monday. Andrew Brown in on Thursday for Bold Predictions as well. And then uh, Friday, we've got a crypto year in review episode. So plenty happening to close it out. Speaking Cannot of, wait. Speaking of crypto, on Tuesday, tomorrow, uh, well, depending on when you're listening to this, over on Get Started Investing, we wrap the top five and bottom five ETFs of 2022. You wouldn't want to be in crypto. Sure, you can guess which one was the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's start with what we've learned this week before we do have a, a look at uh, how our stocks of the year have performed. And then we'll close out the episode with a final book bonanza with none other than our producer, Sasha, who, mm. will, be, who will be joining us. Me versus Sasha. Can I finally get a win on the board? I came in hot and have been beaten ever since. Well, no. All <laughs> If you get another win on the board, the narrative going into Christmas is just going to be Bryce beats up on his employees. <laughs> you beat Simon in the first game and if you beat Sasha in the last one, true, but he true. can't beat anyone who, do, who doesn't pay a salary to. <laughs> true, true, true. All right, well... Uh, do you want to kick off with what we've learned or do you have something? Bryce, before we talk about what we learned this week, let's talk about the Equity Mates Awards, something we're very excited to be bring back for the second year. We want to celebrate the people, the platforms and the products that are building for the retail investor, that are making it easier, cheaper, more accessible for us to invest. Yep. 
What are the categories that we're, uh, we got this year? We've got nominations and now open for Expert of the Year, podcast guests that inspired and shared their knowledge and helped us become better investors. We've got Product of the Year, think ETFs, LICs, any investment product that has, ha- has captured the, your imagination, helped you get started on your investing journey. Captured your imagination and your dollars. And your dollars, yes. Platform of the Year and Stock of the Year. Now, it doesn't have to be the best performing stock. It's just whatever's lived in your head throughout the year that you classify as your stock of 2022, kind of timely given that we are about to talk about our stock of the year for 2022. I, so, I'm pretty confident I know which one's going to win that one. Yeah. Who? Zip. Yeah. So <laughs> now our nominations are now open. There's going to be a link in our show notes. There is a link on our website. There is also a link in our bio on our social media platforms. Uh, we're accepting any nominations for any of those categories and then uh, awards will be 22nd of December. Yeah, so nominations are open now. They close on the 13th of December. We'll shortlist the five finalists based on your nomination. So they close tomorrow. They close tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll shortlist the finalists based on your nominations. Then we'll put it to the Equity Mates community for a vote. And as Bryce said, the winners will be announced on the 22nd of December. Um, so get on it. Love it. All right. Some interesting uh, economic news came out during the week around the Australian economy. And last week you started the episode saying life is good, ASX year-to-date is up, you're feeling great. And And, uh, how life changes in one week, (laughs) hey? Now now I've come in dour and sad to this episode. (laughs) And, yeah, well, the the economic growth numbers for Australia um, have been pretty good. So I'm just going to whip through a couple of them. The economy this year, over the past year, has grown 5.9%. To put that in context, they reckon China, now we know China is in the depths of a COVID lockdown, but China is expected to grow 3.3%. So I think this has got to be a record for the first time that we've outstripped China's GDP growth in quite a while. Uh, in, our, in our lifetime, <laughs> In our lifetime, sure. so that's, that's interesting. Our economy is $2.2 trillion dollars. And uh, it is 6.4% larger today than it was before the pandemic hit. Wow. Yeah. So we went, we went through the pandemic. If you look at- Coal. Coal. <laughs> if you look at the, uh, from 1960 through to 2020, the, dro- the dip of uh, GDP activity during COVID is tiny, minuscule. Love that. Love to Long, see it. Long-term investing. The unemployment rate is near a five-decade low of 3.4%. Yeah. Uh, smaller states are now, are now starting to outstrip larger states in terms of economic growth. Northern Territory, ACT, Western Australia, South Australia, all now beating New South Wales and Victoria and all over 10% growth rates. Really? Yeah, Northern Territory, 18.4%. That's that core lithium bump. Discretionary spending. We've had inflation this year. We've had interest yeah, rate rises this yeah, year. Discretionary yeah. but, spending continues to grow at a rapid pace. But we know that the <laughs> consumer had heaps of savings because they couldn't leave the house during COVID. Discretionary spending before COVID was $109 billion a year. Okay. COVID hit, it went to $80 billion, so yep. a $20 billion drop. It is now $120 billion a year. Wow. So $10 billion more than before COVID. Anyway, the long story short, Ren, is that it's walls of worry. So let me ask you this then. Economy's good, unemployment's down, people are spending. Inflation's up. Why is the sentiment so low? I think it's because of what's potentially to come. All of this hot, 
hot economy. But sentiment is always driven by what's to come. Yes. Yeah. And but I think it, um, what's to come is probably more dire than what has been over the last five years. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's a hot economy and now the RBA is reacting to a hot economy in a pretty aggressive way and also we're being influenced by overseas sentiment. Yeah, this is my big takeaway, that last, that last point. Like there's no doubt that America has had a shocking year and, this, and the share market over there has sold off meaningfully and uh, even their economic data is actually not too bad. Um, you know, they had a pretty strong jobs report recently but it feel like we feel. I feel. I reckon we feel more negative because of we look to the US for everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're certainly flagging a recession far more than Australia is flagging a recession. And on Tuesday, the RBA lifted interest rates by twenty five basis points, zero point two five percent. They don't meet now for two months, which is which is good. Oh, don't they? No, they take okay. a bit of time off. So the next meeting, I think, is. I think there's yeah sixty days or so before the next decision will be made. So a couple of months, which should be decent time for the RBA to see, you know, what impact the, the latest uh, rate rise has had. But it doesn't feel like a, a Australia is heading towards a recession as, as much as people think that the US is. And we know that there's different stories yeah. in, in Europe. But, yeah, it does feel that looking at numbers, economy is pretty pretty hot and strong. It do, Yeah. Um, it, it, we might have a recession, but it's like it may not be as bad as people OS. it feel like it feels like it's going to be yeah anyway i mean maybe we're wrong but yeah. if you want to have a look at uh some numbers there's a there's a great article over on the afr called australia's overheated economy in 10 charts and it actually gives you 10 ch- charts to uh to have a look at everything so check that out we'll um we'll put it in the show notes what did you learn ren uh, not much. <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> <laughs> you know, winding down for Christmas, we're getting our summer series ready. Uh, we've done 12 deep dives on 12 different companies listed here and overseas. And a big takeaway from that is just how cheap some of these US companies are becoming. Mm. It's pretty amazing. It got me thinking when we were preparing for the stock of the, sorry, looking at stock of the year that this coming stock of the year that we do next year really opens up some opportunities. I want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> everything's down. The last few years we've been doing it, it's just been like everything's been at record highs. But now we're in an opportunity of you could, if you get it right, there could be some serious rebounds. Spotify did 11 billion US dollars in revenue last year and its market cap is $14 billion. Wow. Yeah. I won't talk about Interactive Corp because that'll... That'll tip my hand for stock of the year. <laughs> um, there, there's just a lot of unprofitable companies like Spotify that are great businesses, have you know strong brands, millions of users, hundreds of millions of users, and they look cheap if they can survive. Get it going. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Bryce, I guess the first thing I learned this week is spend the time you have over Christmas researching outside the big fang stocks and... Australia's BHP, CBA and CSL because there, there is opportunity there. Absolutely. Although my stock of the year performance might not uh, indicate we'll that. We'll see. <laughs> uh, second thing, just quickly, I've been loving what I'm learning over on the dive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just been so much fun to do some of these episodes. Last week we did, will farming be fully autonomous by 2030? We actually feed dropped on, on this uh, Equimates feed the 
car company subscriptions episodes. Yes. But one that I was particularly excited to get off the board and into the podcast. Have you ever wondered why there are so many Thai restaurants? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I'm sure you would have after you listened to this episode. The Thai government has a 20-year program to roll out Thai restaurants around the world. Just a fascinating story. Uh, one that uh, Alf in the office was calling my conspiracy theory, <laughs> but it is true, I promise you, and we explored it on that episode. Uh, so much fun. So I just, you know. It is a fascinating that's story. What Culinary diplomacy, as you call it, or as they call it. But anyway, let's keep moving. It is time for Stock of the Year. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Oh, I'll go, go first. I'll go first. <laughs> All right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure my stock of the year was Macquarie. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I actually think it was Block. No, it was definitely Macquarie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I chose Macquarie at the start of the year. Listed on the um, on the ASX, the ticket is MQG Macquarie Group. The most. Vanilla pick. Such, that's the idea of this game <laughs> is to win, is to win. The idea is to win. And oh not God. only uh, – so context, ASX 200 down 5%, S&P 500 down 17 and NASDAQ down 30% year to date. Macquarie is down for the year. So that uh, – no surprises there. It's down 17%. So it, uh, it didn't outperform the ASX. Full disclosure, I do own Macquarie and I have actually been buying this stock throughout the year. Full disclosure, so do I. So um, I did own it at the time of doing stock of the year as well. My, my general thesis at the start of the year was that I thought it would do okay in an interest rate environment. Their commodities business was booming and they do really well with volatility as well on their trading desks and that's kind of played out. They are the kings and queens of constantly underestimating or at least under uh, telling the, the, the market what they're going to do and constantly over-delivering and outperforming. And I think that just drives price performance every quarter when they report. They do it every time. Uh, always outperform what, they're, uh, what the estimates are and what they tell the market they're going to do. So I don't know if it's incredibly good PR and comms, but... It is what it is. Um, I, I, no, I think it's that they're incredibly good at making money. Well, th th there's that part of the business <laughs> as well, but they're very good at communicating and always outperforming. Bit of a volatile, rocky, rocky year from Jan through to March. They were down 17%, then they rebounded 18 um, From April through to June, they were down 24%, then they rebounded 13 And uh, th from September through to now, they're up 14%. Pretty impressive half-year report that just came out, $8.6 billion in revenue, up 11%, $2.3 billion in profit for the half, up 13%, spitting out a $3 dividend. And they they almost, they're getting close to that trillion dollars in assets under management. They have $795 billion in assets under management, a true global asset manager. Um, love to see it in our, from our uh our own backyard. Yeah, and, and they really are taking on the world. Like they're yeah. building a reputation in the US, putting themselves alongside some of those big financial institutions and investment banks over there. I'm pretty sure they sponsor one of the college basketball teams. I'm pretty sure I saw a meme Actually. about that, like University of Pennsylvania or something. I'm, uh, I can't remember the exact um, 
the exact university. But yeah, there was a meme about it, and uh, we have a mate over there, over in the states, um, who was saying that Macquarie is seen that getting a job at Macquarie is seen in the same league as like your JPs and your Goldmans. Yeah, that's just one person's anecdotal view. But like, it's pretty cool that an Australian financial institution is really building a global reputation. Absolutely. Well, 38% of net operating income comes from America's 24% from Europe, almost 30% from here in Australia, 10% from Asia. So they do, yeah, truly are a global business. Um, so yeah, love to see it, um, do own it. And uh, they just keep churning it out I guess report my qu- after report. So like I own Macquarie and I think it's an incredible business and it's been an incredible story. I guess my question always with these like people-driven businesses because it is a people-driven business, it requires the best people and right now, you know, especially in Australia, they sort of pick the university graduates that they they want. People-driven businesses rely on having the right people with the right incentives and the right controls to manage risk and to make people think long-term and all of that. And so that's always that the thing that you've got to be wary of. I know what you're saying, but the like the creme de la creme of investment banking, which no doubt Macquarie is in there, like they just are self-fulfilling. You're just, yeah, you're just like, always going to have the ability to choose the best. But like the creme, de la, the creme de la creme of asset managers in the late 90s went to long-term capital management and then they blew it up because they were too smart by half. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, it's just, you know, the creme de la creme five years ago of asset managers in Australia were probably going to Magellan. Creme de la creme 15 years ago were probably going to Platinum. I know, about, I know, I know that I'm talking about asset managers, not yeah, investment banks, but yeah. like better example, the creme de la creme uh, were at a number of the investment banks that blew up I know what you're say, in yeah, 2008. GFC, yeah, yeah, but you've still got the creme de la creme more broadly that have survived. And it's still the creme de la creme. Yeah, still, I guess, hey, still I'm just, it uh, it's just one man's opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's always my concern. It's not like, you know, a, a business like Apple, like if Tim Cook left and all, he took all of his executives with him and went to start Orange, like you're probably not going to be able to repeat what Apple has because of like the product and its IP and all of that. If Shamara left and took all of her executives, she could to create a rival investment bank slash infrastructure well, asset manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like obviously Macquarie own a lot of good assets. Anyway, it's just yeah. just my thought around moat long term. You need to find your next Shamara is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I know we've heard it from multiple people that they not only are they good at making money but they're incredibly good at developing their people as well. Yeah. Look, yeah. to be honest, I'm just negging your stock of the year because I don't want to get to mine. <laughs> well, hard to neg a winner, so let's <laughs> let's go to yours. <laughs> uh, well, is there anything else you want to say about it? Like, I know you got nah, some half. Everyone. Did, did everyone. you hit those half year numbers? Yeah, bro. Oh. Yeah. Went through all of it. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're obviously looking at your your stock, trying to see how you can position this as a winner. <laughs> but it, so I told you I did inverse mine. No, I? no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's take a break and then uh, we'll get to mine. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The approach that I took after being in my own head about um, how am I going to beat Bryce, how am I going to pick a stock that doesn't lose a third of its value uh, in the year that I pick it, and I was like, oh, do I just do the S&P 500 index? (laughs) And then I was like, nah, that's boring. Like, that one, that won't be a good episode. And two, it's not in the spirit of the competition. And then I was like, do I just pick a super safe, uh, you know, like an Alphabet or a Microsoft? Like a company that just... Plugs away. Just plugs away. And I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to bring to the table a company that I just find interesting and that I would enjoy talking about for 15 minutes because, let's be honest, I can't do any worse than I've done. All right, Ren, well, uh, it's that time. Your stock of the year... What do we have? You pitched IAC? Yes. Its name is IAC, previously called Interactive Corp. NASDAQ ticker, you can guess it, IAC. Fascinating company. Yeah, I think what I've done the last couple of years with my stock of the year is just pick a company that I find fascinating and next year I'm going to pick a company that will... Will perform. Well, the, the, the range of outcomes will be narrow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was your goal this year though. Was it? No. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, look, this company isn't. You actually, you were tossing around with a, should I just go? Yeah. I think I was, I think I was talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. If I'd picked Google, I would have been down 35% year to date and I still would have lost. So I'm going to say the way that I lost this year is a more honorable loss. Google 35%. Jeez. Down 65% year to date. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So rather than talking about, uh, let's just remind ourselves about what this company is and why it was so interesting. (laughs) Uh, So IAC is the anti-conglomerate. So uh, a lot of companies, uh, especially with high-profile leadership, so IAC is led by American billionaire Barry Diller. A lot of these companies and these high-profile CEOs and chairmen try and build empires. And they try and bolt on and acquire and, you know, create sprawling conglomerates a la Rupert Murdoch's empire, 
pre-splitting it up in 2013. Um, Barry Diller is the opposite of that. He doesn't build a conglomerate. He tries to spit out uh, different public companies. Over the past 25 years, Interactive Corp have spun out 11 public companies. And so as a shareholder of Interactive Corp, you then get shares in these other companies. And so then you have Interactive Corp and the other company. And then it spins out another one. Then you have three companies that you own. It's the anti-conglomerate. And the companies are meaningful. Tell me if you've heard of them. Expedia? Yeah. TripAdvisor? Yeah. Match Group? Yeah. AKA owner of Tinder and Hinge and yep. all of that? Doing some series. Uh, Vimeo? Yeah. Lending Tree? I'm surprised Vimeo still is going, to be honest. But yeah, Lending Tree, no. Ticketmaster, which was then subsequently acquired. Yes. Uh, and then a few others that aren't as exciting. If you are an, as an investor, uh, if you had bought 10 shares of IAC, then it was known as Silver King in 1995 when Barry Diller took it over. It was $39 a share, so you would have spent $390. By the start of this year, those 10 shares of IAC, you would still have 10 shares of IAC. You would also have... 10 shares of Expedia, 4 shares of QVC, 5.5 shares of Live Nation, 0.6 shares of Lending Tree, 21.5 shares of Match Group, 10 shares of TripAdvisor, 6.6 shares of Marriott Vacations, and $59 in cash uh, from an acquisition of a company called Interval Leisure. So that's. Totaling what? So late 2020, uh, that was worth $7,170. Wow. Which uh, was a 12% compound annual growth rate, 390 into 7,170. By comparison, these numbers are from the start of the year, 12% compound annual for IAC, 10% compound annual growth rate for Berkshire, 7% compound annual growth rate for S&P 500. So it's a fascinating story. Mm. Um, And the reason that I pitched it as the stock of the year in the start of this year was because it looked like they were turning their interest. So they've got a number of... So what they do is they like acquire random internet companies, roll them up into a meaningful company and then spin that out. And so they did that with you know, ticketing, with online ticket buying, with Ticketmaster. They did it with travel, uh, booking with Expedia. Um, they did it with online dating, with Match Group. They own like 39 different dating apps all in one company. Then they spin that out. And so they're doing that with digital publishing. They're doing it with a few other things. But the thing that had me really interested at the start of this year was they were doing it. It looked like they were doing it with online gambling. Mm. And as gambling um, and sports betting gets legalized in more and more US states, it looked like IAC were trying to make a play there. They own 12% of MGM Resorts, which uh, has, I think, the... It, one of the biggest uh, sports books over in the US, BetMGM, and, and they were looking at a number of other things. Safe to say, whatever they're looking at, the market didn't love it because <laughs> they're down 65%. Yeah, well, it's interesting. That's kind of like tech number down. But were yeah. they, they were profitable? No, they're not profitable. Oh, they're not. I mean, they have been profitable in previous mm. years and they're obviously trying to be profitable. But the story here is like a value creation yeah. story through so uh yeah like creating biz- valuable businesses and spinning them off and mm. stuff like that rather mm. than building internal getting profit yeah, yeah 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 so i think some of their bigger businesses that they own today so the sports betting stuff is like longer term um they own angie which is kind of like an air tasker rival they connect 
homeowners with with tradies and that's an online platform business online platform businesses haven't had a good year but the real kicker the one that i mean we didn't know how bad this year was going to be over in the u.s Mm. but the one that has bitten me they own a lot of digital publishing businesses ah right yes uh let me name some so let me name some of the titles that you'll be familiar with that they own better homes and gardens Oh yeah, S- uh, Southern Living, uh, a number of other home ones, uh, food and wine, simply recipes, all recipes. Know any of them? No. Nah. They own Investopedia. Yeah. Heard of them? Yeah. yeah. They own People, like People Magazine, and uh, a couple of other entertainment ones. They own Travel and Leisure, In Style, Brides. Did you guys look at that when you got married? No. Fair enough. And a few parent ones. They um, Anyway, so they own a number of different uh, online publishing businesses, 174 million unique online monthly viewers. They, in terms of their digital content presence, they have a chart here, you know, like Google's number one, obviously, Microsoft number two, Facebook number three. But they're right up there in amongst Walt Disney, Warner Media, Paramount, they're massive. In terms of what reach? US, unique online monthly viewers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not a good business to be in in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not a good business. Yeah. Yeah. IAC was not a good business no, to be in in 2022. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just to close out what they are. So we spoke about Angie, their home services platform, their publishing business. They also own Turo or 27% of Turo. Oh, yeah. The peer-to-peer car car lending, which Bryce and I did some videos for yesterday. Uh, They own Ask, which I think was Ask Ask Jeeves back in the day. So, you know, they they own a lot of assets which maybe aren't great and they try and turn them around. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It is an interesting business. It is a fascinating business, the anti-conglomerate, but this is all just me padding because... Yeah. I lost. You lost. <laughs> you lost, you lost. But that's okay. There's always next year, Ren. So down 65%. I was down 17 The market down about 17 in the States. 30 NASDAQ, 5% here in, in ASX. So we've both... Hold on, hold on. But uh, the fair comparison to account for market risk is I was exposed to NASDAQ market risk. NASDAQ <laughs> is down 30%. I was down... 65%. So my alpha was negative 35. Your market was the ASX. Nah, nah. Down 5%. Macquarie down 17%. Still wins. <laughs> still, <laughs> still, still win. Whatever, whatever way you look at it. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Well, that's it. Macquarie. IAC, uh, we're our stocks of the year. We will be back next year, mid-Feb, with our 2023 stocks of the year and bold predictions uh, just after we get through our summer series, which is 12 episodes back-to-back, each episode a deep dive on a company listed here in Australia or over in the US. And each episode also has an expert joining us to help us unpack the investment case for some of those companies. We've got Nike, we've got Coke, we've got Block, we've got Core Lithium. There are some great companies in there and we've had an awesome time recording that content for the summer. But it does bring us to the end of this episode, Ren, where we're closing out with Book Bonanza and uh, bringing on our producer, Sasha, to, uh, to close it out. You've got the questions do you have the books? Yeah. So we've got Sasha. Sasha, welcome. 
Nice to be welcomed. Uh, yes. It's a hallowed air, hallowed air that I'm um, venturing into. I'm often in the background, but not online. Well, if you recognize the voice, Sasha is the host of our gold medal winning uh, business podcast of the year, uh, The Dive. It's our business news podcast Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays with uh, with Ren and Darcy. Um, so Bryce, you, that's how I get introduced from now on. Nice you host have to of the dive. Include yeah the full title of the award before yes. before I walk into any room. I also find it interesting that Bryce excludes himself from talking about it. <laughs> just does anything he can to weasel out of helping with scripts. <laughs> yep. Dive also uh, Bryce also appears on the dive from time to time. Yeah, very loosely, very loosely, <laughs> very loosely. All right, Ren. Well, we've got book pronouncer. I did say it was our last one last week, but it's back again. It's so back I'm, I'm again. not going to say it's our last. <laughs> We've, um, no, this will more than likely be our last one. <laughs> I said that last week. Who knows? I'm running out of books. I'm going to need to bring more to the office. So what have we got? <laughs> so, um, Sasha, you've uh, heard this game before, so you know the rules. But for people who are tuning in for the first time, I've got three books here and a number of questions. You are going to leave with a book. That is a guarantee. If you can beat Bryce in this game, you get to choose the book. If Bryce beats you and he hasn't beaten a lot... Um, <laughs> it's the first no, time for everything. Oh, no, no, yeah. res- no response. I've put forward my case each time that I've answered correct. <laughs> I've answered correctly. <laughs> Look, just I'm, never get the points. I guess I'm just salty from this stock of the year thing. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Sasha, if Bryce does win, he chooses the book you leave with. Let's get into it. Holding them up to the camera if you're watching on YouTube. The three books. The first one, The Ethical Investor by Nicole Haddow. Sasha, have you read it? I've flicked through it when I'm in the office, but I haven't read it cover to cover yet. Okay, nice. Well, this could be your opportunity. Mm-hmm. Second one, Get Started Investing. It's easier than you think to invest in shares. $19 on Amazon, the perfect Christmas gift written, written by us. Written by us. Sasha, have you read it? This was my Christmas present from Bryce last year. <laughs> so it might be the second year in a row that I get, now <laughs> get let, started investing. For the let the record show that Sasha didn't actually answer the question. No. There. <laughs> yes, I did read it. I did read it. <laughs> and then the third book, I decided to include a bit of a holiday beach read, not finance Ooh. related. Uh, something that is a real page turner that I actually picked up in the airport as we were flying back from Bryce's Bucks. Nice. So, Hell yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a nice little memento from that trip. Uh, Matthew Riley, the Australian author, his latest book, Cobalt Blue. Hardcover as well. Hardcover. Yeah. Wow. Hardcover, Hardcover, easy read. Yeah, looks good. <laughs> uh, Sasha, have you read it? No. Bryce, have you? No. That's probably the one I'm angling for. I'm gonna gonna be honest. That's <laughs> gonna win. Sasha, you have to say you're going to get started investing. <laughs> well, I've already got a copy on Pride of Place on my um, bookshelf. I don't want to look like I. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So the theme of the game this week, everyone was sharing on social media their Spotify Wrapped. So uh, the theme is Spotify, the business behind Spotify. But before we get into it. What were your Spotify raps? What was your What was your number one song? Um, so I don't have Spotify to start with, so a bit hard for me to. <laughs> You're a title man. A bit hard hard for me to do this, but I do. Um, I do occasionally use my wife's and log into hers, and um, hers was 
Yeah, shout out to Harriet. No surprises. From Paris to Berlin. From Paris yeah, to yeah, Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My heart is pumping for love. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, do you just want the top one? Yeah, let's. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to drag this too long. <laughs> Sasha, what about you? Um, mine's really embarrassing, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's Texas Man by The Chicks, formerly known as The Dixie Chicks. Which was really unexpected. I thought I was going to get some Taylor Swift Surely up there, Taylor, but no. Yeah. Wow. No. Okay. Nice. I don't know that song. I'll have to look it up after, or maybe we can just quickly yeah. play it. Is a yeah, Bryce, ten seconds in this production. Bryce uh, has told me that he would never listen to the chicks after they did that George W. Bush protest and got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our Spotify themed book bonanza. First question, there are multiple choices, but I'm going to give you guys each a chance to just get it outright first. What was the most streamed song on Spotify this year? Antihero? Sasha has locked in Antihero by Taylor Swift. <laughs> it was released late in the year. Yeah. That might come back to bite her. Bryce Lesky, do you oh. have a guess? A Post Malone song. <laughs> <laughs> Post Malone. Yeah. The four options to choose from. Stay by Australian Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber, Cold Heart, Panow Remix oh, yeah, by okay. Elton John and mm-hmm. Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. As It Was by Harry Styles and Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Well, I really only know one of those three, which is Cold Heart, so I'm going to have to lock that in. Sure, okay. Bryce showing his pop culture knowledge. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should get Spotify, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I may have heard of them, but I couldn't tell you this. Like if you were to play me those four, I may... Be like, oh yeah, I heard this. Song. This is uh, we don't need to go. <laughs> <to do. laughs> Sasha, what uh, would you like to guess? Well, my second choice was going to be as it was. So before you stop me, so that I'm going to lock in Harry Styles. Sasha, you have got it right. As it was by Harry Styles, number one point on the board for Sasha Kelly. Second question in book bonanza. This is a closest to the pin question. Whoever's closer to the correct number gets it right. How much is Spotify's share price down year to date? Oh, I own Spotify, so this one might be. Full disclosure, so do I, and I'm pretty confident Bryce does I do as too, well. yeah. yeah. I, uh, something inside me tells me that it, 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 we know it definitely bombed hard, like 70, 70% vibes. Something tells me it's bounced a bit over the last couple of months. So I'm going to say down uh, like 55%. All right, Bryce is locked in 55. Sasha, what are you going to say? Oh, it's on the year, isn't it? It's not since I bought it, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say 68. Sasha was so close to the pin, she almost got a hole in one. Uh, 69% year to date. I was going to say 70. Who would have won then? I would have had to look at the decimals. All right, Sasha, you're two up. It is a five-question quiz, so you haven't won it yet. Oh, okay. From a cursory... So Spotify have three key audio channels, music, podcasting, and audiobooks. From a quick Google search on each of them, which of those three channels is expected to have the highest compound annual growth rate up to 2030? In other words... Between audiobooks, podcasting, and music streaming, what is expected to grow the fastest for the rest of this decade? Uh, red herring question, so I'm going to go audiobooks. Bryce is going to go audiobooks. Sasha, what are you going to go? Oh, well, then I would pick audiobooks too, but am I allowed to pick the same answer? It's less fun for the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go with podcasts then. Okay. 
Uh, coming in at third place, music streaming, 15% forecast compound annual growth rate. Surprised me. That's meaningful. Uh Second place, audiobooks at 26%, leaving podcasts in first place at 31%. We're in the right industry, guys. Nice. That's good yeah. to know. Uh, it does mean Sasha has three. 31% compound. Nice. Let's play for pride, Bryce. Yeah. Fourth question. In 2021, Spotify earned $11 billion US dollars in revenue. Yeah. How much did it pay out to rights holders, i.e. record labels, artists, uh, composers, those that own the rights to the music that was streamed. Give me to the closest billion. Uh, it can't be a lot. I don't think it's a lot. So 11 billion in revenue, how much did they pay out? Like two. Two billion? Sasha, what do you think? One billion. <sighs> Seven billion. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So Bryce, you are closest to the <laughs> yes. pin. So three, one. And final, final question. The top but we're looking at the peak of the CD era compared to last year, which is the highest point in the digital streaming era. Mm-hmm. In which era, the CD era or the streaming era, did the top 50 US artists capture a bigger share of the total music pie? What? <laughs> so <laughs> so like, like the it would fit- definitely be... Like 90s, now. is that what you're saying? Yeah, like mid-90s or now. Yeah. Did the top 50 US artists capture more of the total revenue in music then or now? Oh, okay. I would say now. You would say now, Sasha? Top 50 are taking more now? Well, Bryce, are you yeah. going to take I'm going to have to take the, the other side. sake of the game? Yeah. Well, Bryce Lasky, <laughs> you had to take it, but it, you were right to take it because you are right. At the peak of the CD era, the top 50 artists in the US took 25% of total music revenue in the US. Mm. In the streaming era, it's 12%. More people getting cash. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a longer tail. A lot more, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love wow. it. Well, congratulations, Sasha, taking home the... Oh, yeah, Sasha, which book do you want to choose? <laughs> Matthew Riley. Matthew Riley. Matthew Riley. Shout out Matthew Riley. Uh, <laughs> Sasha, I'm sorry to say I actually don't think it was one of his best ones, but you've locked it in and you're taking it home. <laughs> Love it. Well, thanks, thanks for joining much, us. Guys. Thanks for joining us, Sasha. And that does bring us to the end of today's episode. We've covered a lot, but as I said, next week we're closing out with our Bold Predictions review with us, then we've got Andrew on Thursday and then a crypto review on Friday. So plenty going on. And if you haven't been able to play Book Bonanza but you would like a copy of Get Started Investing, the perfect Christmas gift. Absolutely. Uh, Amazon, $19. Booktopia, a little bit more than $19, but that's a good Australian company. Uh, head over and pick it up now. Love it. Well, we'll leave it there. Sasha, thank you. Ren, we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.